The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit KMmedia.pro for complete information. Now, stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our mission is to bring to you the best, most uplifting content heard anywhere. Great guests. Interesting topics and ideas presented with a fun, entertaining style. Please join me, Kevin McDonald, and my friends as we bring new thoughts, terrific people, and creative ideas directly to you. Please join us right now for Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Monday Morning on Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I want to remind you that if you're getting in your car right now and your car radio and your, you know, says 8 o'clock in the morning and you think you have to be at work at 9, I have bad news for you. You're late. Yeah. You're late. <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. Faster. <laughs> That'd be you know, going through my you, head right now. <laughs> yeah, in, in today's world... Uh, with uh, cell phones and with the computers, they automatically change. But if you are uh, challenged, like some of us are with cell phones, <laughs> you might not be looking at it. And you may be going, oh, I'm fine. Uh, oh, no, I'm not fine. And then so we're just going to remind you. It's just Monday. Uh, daylight savings time started on Saturday at 2 a.m. And so please be ready. And uh, Benny, how are you today? Doing very well. I'm uh, recovering. Did a little yard action, a little yard work this weekend. So, you know, a lot of uh, shoveling stuff. Oh, that's hard work. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's, All right. That's... In short, I killed my lawn accidentally last year. So <laughs> we'll get into it. I basically just grabbed the wrong bottle of stuff, and I shouldn't. And I'm trying to help it back. It's so sad. <laughs> You murdered your lawn. I did. I didn't mean to. He was doing fine. Okay, it was an accidental murder. It was. It was yeah. uh, so I'm trying to replant and re help it back. <laughs> Good for you because your neighbors Thanks. are looking at you going. Oh, no, I'm still looking at them. Say they still need to take an idea from me. <laughs> okay? We won't go there either. Oh, oh, very good. Very good. By the way, mm -hmm. today we have a very special guest we do. with us. Today. And uh, if you are a woman or you know one, you're going to want to listen to this entire show because uh, Shelly Mache, and uh, um, she is our guest today, and she is an empowerment of women coach. She works and she does a, she's an author. She's a life coach and she helps people of the women persuasion mostly to learn how to live their lives a little bit more effectively and, um, and with purpose to achieve what you would like to achieve in life. So uh, I, I hope I haven't screwed that up too bad, Shelly. How are you today, Shelly Michelle? I am doing well. You didn't screw that up at all. I'm thinking to myself, ooh, effective. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I tell you, uh, some of my best friends are women, and uh, I don't know how you guys do everything. You I know, mean, I think we're learning, like seriously, I think we're learning that there's no real balance in life, that there are seasons in life. And in certain seasons, I have to give, you know, 80% to this and 20% to that. And then this next season in life, I get to give 40% to this and 60% of that. And when we actually understand that, I think we're halfway better. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, women are the nurturers among us, and yes, and you feel like you got to take care of the kids, got to take Ab- care of the husband, absolutely, got to take care of the what or the the house and the shopping and the groceries. It, when, and you don't cut a break for yourselves a lot of times. So true. But you know what, Kevin? I think that that's how we've been trained, for lack of a better word, you know, um, growing up. I think that a lot of times we've been positioned, you know, you buy us cook sets and you buy us kitchen sets, you know what I'm saying? And you buy us baby dolls. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. So let, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but I just think that a lot of times we've been conditioned, Hey, this is where you are. And I think we should add into that while you're buying me those things. Also buy me a little entrepreneurial set. Also buy me a little kit, you know, that, that shows me how to make my own products you know let, let's blend it in a little because i do have to eat no problem but i i, I want to know how to how to have a business too or how to really tap into my my passion so can we get a blend of that well you know it's interesting because uh i and you're younger than i am so i remember something called a Susie q or something bakery and that was do you remember hmm. those i i don't remember that kevin we're probably not that far away from each other but i don't remember that one that was that, that was a little uh, bake, bakery set that girls would get if a guy would get it he would be very very upset because he didn't get a gun or something <laughs> right um, but, but the girl would get it and it was a it was a uh, the, it was a bakery set that you, they used a little light bulb and you could you could actually mix cakes and stuff like that and put them in the you oven you know what I remember having an oven like that. It wasn't called that, but it was called something else. And I can't remember, but I remember having an oven like that where we could mix up everything and put in, you know, and actually make little cakes. Yeah, like the easy, easy bake oven my or something? Daughter yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Benny's got it. Yeah. What was it, Benny? Like the easy bake oven? Easy yes. bake something oven, like that, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only did I have one, but I bought one for my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? But you didn't buy one. If you had a son, you wouldn't have bought one for your son. I I did not have a son. I have two girls. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I would have bought one for him or not, because I know some some pretty, you know, um, amazing chefs who are who are men. And so I don't know. I might have wanted him to bake me something. (laughs) <laughs> that that's that's very true you know that some there's some great men chefs and, yes. and bakery chefs and that and that sort of thing but we take that we tend to take that later on in life not when we're right. six or seven or eight right you know but uh and so i, it, I it, agree i i agree we do stand to take to to stick to more like traditional you know things for for our kids to engage in when they're young I think that's changing, though. What do you think? Oh, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Because, see, I remember when I'm so old that (laughs) that I remember when G.I. Joe came out. G.I. Joe. I remember all the little boys had G.I. Joes. And I grew up with all boy cousins. So technically, I had G.I. Joes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, well, you also had Ken, but with Ken and Barbie. But but, uh, Ken was... uh, um, was was a much nicer looking fella. He didn't have he didn't have the scar on his face like the GI Joe had, right, and, right. and that kind of stuff. So so we the, the, my whole point here is that we preposition kids into certain behaviors, don't we? We do, absolutely. And I'm not saying that all of those things are unconstructive because many times they are. We do need to position our children and mold our children and, and create an atmosphere for our children. I just think that sometimes we just need to be a little more open 
with it, you know, and, and just include some other things. So it's not so much of, oh, take away this, but maybe we can just incorporate that. Exactly. And, I, and I'm really hopeful. And I see this in my uh, nephew and my niece and, and some of the other younger kids where if they take on, they want to be uh, like one of my uh, people that I know when she was three and four wanted to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. And and the, rather than saying, no, you can't do that because you're a girl and girls are you're supposed to be in this place. Uh, they, they took it like like oh, she'll get over it. And if she doesn't, she's a tomboy. So what? It's it's okay. And kids. Yeah. Can, so I'm hopeful that that as we go down the, the years that we're changing mm-hmm. our behaviors and our habits as far as how we treat people and how we we I put think, them into a hole. I, I, I think so. I think so. You know, I think I'm more of a person who's kind of a mixture of it. I, I don't have problems with with um with being traditional. I don't have problems with that. I have problems with um with what I what I see as sometimes the 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 box, you know, where I can't be a little bit of both, where you go, you have to be this and that's it. And I feel like I should be able to blend the things that that fit me. And take, you know, take a little of this, take a little of that. So um, I think that's that's where I am. I don't hate being traditional, but I also don't like the box that society says, well, if you're this, then you can't be any of that or you can't be any of this. And so I think that's where I'm like, uh, 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 yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, that, that phrase that I keep hearing, which is called the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Where you are, where a woman may have not done, you know, we're going through that right now because uh, the Supreme Court, they are going to have a vacancy and and uh, you know, President Biden has said it's going to be a black woman. And so that is another um, glass ceiling that mm-hmm. is going to be shattered. Mm-hmm. But how many of these do we have and can't we just get rid of them and have everybody be equal? Wouldn't that be a great world if we would just get rid of the glass ceiling so we, you know, don't have to keep breaking our heels, breaking the the ceiling? (laughs) You know, we got some good shoes out here. We got to keep breaking them when we smash these glass ceilings. But that would just be amazing if we can just say whoever can fit this particular position and it doesn't matter if you're a man, if you're a woman, it doesn't matter. If you're black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. Can we look at people as people? So have we shattered some of these glass ceilings? Absolutely. But it is my hope that one day it, it won't matter. It won't matter that I don't have to bust through the door as a woman, but I can literally just unlock it and walk through like everyone else because I fit what it is that you're looking for. I've positioned myself to be able to step into whatever is needed. And I don't have to have these different things that are in my way saying, no, because you're a woman, you know, you have to stay here or because you're a woman, you can only make this amount of money. Yeah. Let's stop it. You know, it's amazing to me that in the last, if you're, if you're, if you're a little younger, this is what I'm about to say may not really resonate with you, but, um, Women were not allowed to vote until the 1920s. Mm. That was a hundred years ago. 
that women were not allowed to vote at all. When you put um, it in perspective, it really wasn't that long ago. It, no, in the in the well, the country's been around for what is it, two hundred fifty years, and so for one hundred fifty years, women could well before that they couldn't be property owners, um, mm-hmm. and they could not vote, and they could not. Uh, live their lives as uh, freely and completely as they should. And I think that we've, we've wasted a lot of great brain power and a lot of great individuals by, by telling them that there's certain things they can't do. You know that a woman who was married could not open a checking account in her own name until the mid seventies. You had, you had to do it with your husband. That's just, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. And, you know, so now when I look at all of the the empowerment and things that goes on with women, it's not us coming in saying we're just going to take over everything and we just want to push you out the way. It's not that it's us coming in and saying we want what belongs to us. We want to be treated like people and not second class. We want to be able to step into a position. We're just as educated. We're just as intelligent, you know. Why Why do we have to fight for certain things? You mean to tell me that you want to make the same amount of money as a man? Oh, Isn't that still crazy? Foolish heart. That is, that's just crazy talk. Foolish woman. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it, it amazes me that that, uh, that that still exists in our society today. And it does. It's so crazy because my daughter and I, uh, one of my daughters, we literally sat down because she was having a conversation with one of her gentleman friends, and he literally is going, that's just not true. That's not true. Women don't make less money or women don't. And, you know, and my daughter's like, what planet <laughs> are you living on, sir? We can literally have the same job doing the same thing. And literally, because I am a woman, you will try to put me in a position to where I make ten to $15,000 a year less than what this man is making, you know? And so his whole thing was, it's not true. Women just don't want to take on the tough jobs. And we're like, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, tell him, check his knuckles to make sure they haven't been dragging on the floor. We're, we're just sitting there like, are you kidding? Uh, so I just said, well, you know, with, with thoughts like that, this is why we still have a little more work to do. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that, you know, and, I, and that's why I'm glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you've also written three books. And, yes, and I've book. written two solo books and one co-author. Yes. Tell us about that a little bit. My first book is 70 Days of Happy, Life is Better When You Smile. And I absolutely love that book because it came out of out of insecurity. It came out of a little bit of, of self-reflection. Uh, and it started because I was doing a challenge. I was doing a 90-day challenge to not say anything negative, not to not recognize that there's negativity in the world, but to just make a conscious effort and a deliberate effort to say, I see what's going on, but I choose not to let it attack the person that I am. And so after I finished that, I felt like, well, you know, in the beginning, I always felt like I was a pretty happy person. You know, I don't take things too seriously unless I can't find the remote, then I'm screaming all over the house. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, you know, I'm really laid back. (laughs) And so, but after this challenge, 
um, after me, like deliberately, like saying, okay, this has happened, but let me reframe this, or this is going on, but let me redo this. I said, I would love to be able to write a book just to pull out some of the simple things in life that we really don't look at that make us smile. But what happened is the book came out of, like I said, insecurities, because when I started writing the book, I was like, well, who's going to listen to you? Well, who are you to try to write something? And all of these thoughts, you know, just start compiling in my head. And it took me a year to literally sit down and not so much write the book, but really like move on it. So when I wrote it, I was like, okay, I'm done. I did that. Yay, Shelly. <laughs> And so my family's like, yay, Shelly. What, what you mean, yay, Shelly? It's sitting here on the counter. What are you doing? <laughs> and so when I actually put that book out, there was a, a metamorphosis personally that happened to me because I was able to literally walk out my fear. And so when I would say to another woman, we really have to be able to see our fear, face our fear, find the root of our fear and walk in that fear. It was real for me. Sure. It was absolutely real for me. So writing that book, I was able to go back and go, wow, accomplishment. That made me smile. That gave me a confidence that now I can write a book about seahorses. And I'd be like, well, either you like it or you don't, but I did it. <laughs> how, how do you help people? Because a lot, a lot of folks, um, they begin a project. They, they think they want to write a book. They've got something that they want to say. And then that those old stories creep up. Who the hell are you? Yep. Why do you think that you can do this? You're not smart enough to do this. Your mm -hmm. mom says that you're not smart enough to do this. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, and all yes. of that. How do, you, how do you coach somebody to break through that? Because it doesn't serve you. It does not serve you. And that's the first thing that I want people to know. Look at you all walking in the life coach arena. You need to know what serves you and what doesn't serve you. So we're going to sit down and we're going to look at that. I am, I love to be able to practice what I call the power of one. And the power of one means that we find one thing, not 50 things, but we find one thing that's true about you that we can stand on. So when you begin to tell yourself, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to write this book. Then we're going to go back to the power of one. And I don't care if that one is, you know, I make a mean egg sandwich. So as I'm telling myself, I can't write this book. I counteract that by saying, wow, I make a, I make an amazing egg sandwich. But when I continue to tell myself that I make a great egg sandwich, I begin to believe, oh, I'm really good at something. And when I believe I'm really good at something, whatever that something is, then it positions me and gives me the confidence to try something else. So if I'm really good at making an egg sandwich and I, and I can make this to the best of my ability and you're going to do backflips, then maybe that same, that same confidence that I have in that, then I could do two steps of writing the book. Absolutely. So we balance out that confidence with the power of one thing. We generalize affirmations and, you know, don't come at me, people. I'm all for affirmations, but I don't really, um, but general affirmations, in my opinion, don't do anything for us. We need to find the affirmation that we hold true to us. And that's what's going to make the difference in us walking in that thing and being able to have the confidence to take on something else. I, I agree with you 100%. Affirmations are terrific and they're mm -hmm. wonderful if you actually believe what you're being, what you're saying. Exactly. And, 
And then the, the other part is you have to work your funds off to, to make it work. You have to do the work. You can't wake up on Tuesday and be like, yes, I'm a bad woman. I'm great. I'm awesome. And then on Wednesday, you don't, you don't do it again because you're not going to feel that way. This is a process. This is a journey. Do you realize that for your entire life, somebody has been pouring something into you? whether it's family, whether it's society, whether it's circumstances, something has been poured into you constantly. And when we're not balancing out the negative, the harmful, you know, all of those things, when we're not balancing that out with the positive, with the, with the self-reflection, with the understanding of self, with passion, with purpose, with finding who we are outside of just the shell of what we look like, because a lot of times that's put on us as women. <clears throat> what do you look like? You know, um, what, what, what size pants do you wear? So when we can't find the value outside of that, and when we don't continue to work on that, then we fall back and go, oh, it didn't work. No, it's not. It didn't work. It's you didn't work. It's a process and you must work the process. And there are some things in that process that you must continue for the rest of your life. There's never going to be a time that I stop speaking life into myself because the minute I stop doing it, somebody else is always speaking. So I have to counteract that. So for the rest of my life, I have to continue to practice speaking life into myself to combat the other things that come along with life. And isn't it true that there are people out there that are not necessarily in our court or in our corner and uh, they get a little jealous and they try and take us down a notch and, and you, oh, Shelly, 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 you can't do that. Oh, absolutely. I am a firm believer in rearranging my circle. And this is what I tell my clients too. Just because we started out in kindergarten, that does not mean that we need to be attached at the hip at 70. <laughs> okay. We have to learn how to readjust and rearrange people in our lives according to our season. And if I'm in a season where I'm very vulnerable, I'm very hurt. And the things that people say, I don't have the strength yet to combat those things. I need to rearrange you in my life. You're not the person who I can go to. You're not the person who I can listen to. Maybe you're the person who I just call up when I want to go hang out and have a drink and talk about nothing, but you cannot be a part of, of part of my solid five core, which are the five people in your life that influence you. And so if you're a part of that five core and you're not influencing me to go to my next level, my, my future self, then I need to reposition you. Maybe you're getting ready to go down to number 68. <laughs> And and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I wanted to have Shelly on the show today is she she is really dynamic and she's wonderful Aww. and and uh, I just love talking to her. But and if you'd like to talk to her, you can do that. We have a phone line available, and you can call us at four two five three seven three five five two seven. We'll put Benny to work, and that's that's four two five three seven three five five two seven or eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine if you've got a question for her about yourself a doubt that you have about you and where you're going how do you fit something else in when your life is already maxed out she can help you kind of organize and declutter what's going on in your life so that you can re re-establish who you really are and absolutely i i love that i love that because that's one of the things that that i love because 
as you mentioned, we take on so many things as women. One of the things I love is being able to help women declutter. Because I feel like a lot of times we don't know how, because we feel like if anything falls, then I'm not good. You know, if anything falls off the plate, I'm not a good mom. If my child gets a scratch, oh my goodness, damn me to hell, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and what child doesn't get a scratch from time to time? You know, because mine certainly did. And, you know, I was like, well, she's still here. So I guess I did something right. (laughs) Kids are amazingly resilient. They are. I, I love kids. I love watching kids. One of the things that I I say in my book about the simple things that make us smile is for us to actually go back to childhood. Go back to that simple place, that place where you didn't care if people were looking at you. You danced outside. You know, you go and you see kids in the store. They're flipping. They're turning. They're riding their baskets. They do not care what you think about them. And that is one of the most beautiful smiles and and gentle things that we can create in our life, which is a childlike fun. Go home, turn some music on, jump around, you know, jump around your house, play with your kids, get on the floor, get get that innocence back. I, I agree 100%. When I was five years old at Sunday school, I would be singing um, um, Jesus loves you this at the top of my lungs. Yes. And everybody was smiling and stuff. When I did that, I didn't realize at the time that they were smiling because I can't carry a note in a bucket and they were laughing at the kid the five-year-old kid that, you know, that, but they were <laughs> laughing with me. Exactly. Cause they thought it was beautiful and precious. Exactly. And then I got a little older and it ceased to be either of those things. And they said, listen, Kevin. <laughs> Exactly. All the way to to uh, college when when the uh, drama instructor said he is a great singer and a choir of 50 or more. Oh, that's so, cold. <laughs> that, I thought that was I thought that was rather cold myself. But uh, so, you know, we get we get hung up on all the things that mm-hmm. other people are telling us and and stuff rather than listening to ourselves and really. Absolutely. Looking. Absolutely. And maybe I can't have a solo career. But what happens is that five year old. Kevin now gets stifled and that part of you, which is the fun part of you, you stifle it because somebody said, okay, you're too old to do that now. Says who? Turn that radio on at home and sing in your choir of one and be like, well, if you don't like it, you're going to have to move back because I got a whole section going on over here by myself. (laughs) because <laughs> that's all that will listen to me when i sing but that's I, okay you get in that shower and belt it out <laughs> there, there you there you go you know and one of the things that that you you write about and you write about fairly extensively is broken women uh create broken children yes absolutely so to break i i call it kind of the seven generation rule Whereas, you know, the mother and then becomes the daughter, becomes the mother, becomes the daughter. And if they all do the same thing based upon what their previous generation did, it could go Mm -hmm. on for generations. So many generations. And we need to break that. We need to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this today, you be the one to break that cycle. Yes. And here's what I want um, women to understand, too. A lot of times, you know, when I when I give that quote, broken women, you know, raise broken children. 
I have people who are constantly saying, you know, why, why are we putting the responsibility on women and, and why are we taking the responsibility away from men? And that's not what I'm, you know, what I'm doing. My, my audience is women. And so what I want women to understand is that when we as women are broken because we didn't receive the things that um, that we should have received because we spend so much time as caregivers, because we spend so much time pouring into our children, because children spend a lot of time, especially in those formative years of zero to five, because they spend so much time with us, we actually give to them out of our brokenness. And so we cut our children with our pain. Well, and, and I would like to just mention this. I think it's important. Um, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I drove a Seattle bus for 12 years. And no. no. And so I, 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 I was a Metro bus driver. And um, yeah, I can't tell you how many times when I would see uh, children with a mom or two moms and children or three moms and children. And very mm -hmm. rarely did I see Mr. with Mrs. and children mm -hmm. and, and, I think that men have got a responsibility that we're not doing a very good job of upholding. What do you think? I, I do think that in a lot of households, most of our children are being that are single parent households. They're being raised by moms. And so I really believe that you don't have to be, be together in a relationship with the mother to be a good parent Correct. to your child. And so I really think that a lot of times what happens with, between the man and the woman is because they can't find a place for them to be able to, to knock out the relationship that they had. Then the father decides, well, hands off of everything. I can't make things balanced with you. I don't want to want to be bothered or whatever the situation is. And then it creates a barrier to where you're not as active in your child's life. And you know, we, we want to correct that because that child needs both of you. And I'm not taking anything away from amazing single parents because I know you've done a, a wonderful job to the best of your ability. I was a single parent myself, but that doesn't take away the fact that we need both of our parents to be able to pour into us. We get a, a, a different aspect from the father than we do the mother. We get a different teaching from the mother than we do the father. And we need all of it. And we need men to be involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Men, we need you. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> your, your job did not end at conception. No, we, we need you. We need you for the support. We need you so that we don't tap out and burn out. You know, because it, it is... It's a very consuming, non-ending job to be a parent. And when only one parent is doing it, it's so much easier to tap out, to burn out, to, to walk in frustration, to not be able to, to um, give to our children in a great way because we don't have anything left to give of ourselves. We need a partner in this. Well, and, and you know, I applaud every single mother that is out there raising children. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if there's any single dads, which I know there are, I applaud you too. Exactly. Everybody get involved with the babies. That's right. That's right. Cause I don't know how they, I don't know how a single mom does it. 
You know what's really funny, Kevin? I was a single single mother for seven years, and I look at the single mothers and go, how y'all do this? (laughs) (laughs) How y'all raising these kids? And I know that it is, you know, when you get into it and you get knee deep into it, you just do it. Yes. Yes. But I'm on the outside now looking in. I've been married for 20 years. And so I'm literally looking at these amazing single parents and I'm looking at these amazing single moms and I'm going, oh my gosh, wow. I cannot believe that, that I did this. And I'm, and I'm looking at them going, wow, you are doing an incredible job. You are doing such a magnificent job. I just want to let you know, and I just want to pour into you because I'm wild by you. Absolutely. Now let's talk about uh, the other book that you've that you've written. And uh, now, is this uh, just you, or is this the compilation Power? Yes, that is me. That is Power Minds, and that is a compilation of. I used to do um, sayings quotes on Facebook. And so people start asking, Hey, you know, where, where can I get all of these quotes that you have? Are these your quotes? Or are these quotes that you're finding, um, you know, online, because these are really nice quotes. And I'm like, no girl, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so many people had asked, I decided to put a small little quote book together. And, um, and I took some of the quotes that many ladies really liked and I put it into a book and I broke it down into three sections. You, the woman, um, you, the woman of God, and then you, the woman, your fellow woman's woman's keeper. And I put those quotes in there to break it down. And I really, because I was in a different place at that time, that book didn't come from any type of insecurity because I had already dropped that, that other book. So I was like, honey, you buy it or you don't whatever. And I loved it because it was such empowerment in those quotes. And these were quotes that were really a part of me. And so I felt like, oh, this is so great. I'm really giving women an insight to who I am. And who you are is somebody special. I do. Have oh, to thank you. Thank you. And you, your, your mission in life now is to help other women achieve their mission in life. Is, is Absolutely. That Absolutely. Yes. I feel like as women, once again, we take on so much in life. We put so many things on the back burner. We don't even know if we really like Honey Nut Cheerios or if we just finishing it up because we don't want to throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we, we, we don't, we like, oh yeah, mm -mm, honey, we're not wasting that cereal. Let me, let me just finish that. So many moms don't even eat a full breakfast because they just finish up what the kids have. And so we put so much of ourselves on the back burner, or we forget about so much of who we are. We forget about those childlike things that we used to love. We forget that we really just enjoy listening to music, you know, in the dark and just chilling. We forget about the things that feed our soul because we're so busy feeding someone else's. And my mission in life is for you to remember who you were before you forgot. <laughs> or got so busy that you just didn't have time to remember. Right. And and, and again, we forget who we are because we're so busy being someone to someone else. So we forget the things that make us happy, which is why I love the book, 70 Days of Happy, because we forget those little things that make us happy. We forget that sitting outside watching the sunset makes us happy. And so because we feel like, oh, you know, that doesn't do anything or that was long ago or, you know, uh, I don't have time. Yes, you do. 
put them rascals to bed, tell them to sit down and have a doggone cookie and milk. And you sit right there on that porch and watch that sun come down so that it can replenish you so that you can be your best so that you can be better for the position that you're in in life. Isn't it true that if you don't have balance in your life, you get overburdened, you get overtaxed, and then you get irritated, and then it's very difficult to be a nurturing, loving mom when you are overburdened, you're taxed, and you're burned out. Absolutely. You can't be a loving anything (laughs) when, when you are, you can't even be loving to yourself. Honestly, when you're frustrated, when you're upset, when every, you know, when everything is chaotic, you can't even properly give to you. And then everything begins to break down. My emotions break down. My mental status, you know, breaks down. Physically, I break down. I, I can't give. I can't do anything. We have to be able to refill our cup. Honestly, if we're unable to refill us, I'm pouring emptiness into you. Exactly. That's a, that's that really is a good quote. Is that in your book, by the way? It's not, but it sounds good. <laughs> you can have that, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Why? Thank you. I will take it. By the way, her the book, and I love the cover. It is uh, power, or it is pow, p o w h e r. Yes. So it's pow her minds. Yes. And it is. It's it's a really cool book, and that just came out recently, didn't it? That actually has been out for maybe about four years. Oh, four years. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, and I, and like I said, I, I go back to that, to that quote book because sometimes I just need to be able to give myself a quick, you know, a quick jolt. Life just isn't kind all the time. And I just don't wake up every day. Like, yeah, you know, so I need to go back and say, pour something into you today. Even if it's just for the next hour, sometimes thinking about the day is too much, pour something into you for the next hour and then come back and we'll talk about it again, Shelley. You know, it's been proven scientifically that the brain can recharge itself in a very short amount of time. You can you can recharge your brain by meditation and prayer or whatever you choose in five or ten minutes at a time. You can do it at a stoplight. I don't recommend closing your eyes, but you can do <laughs> you know, you can you can you can do it in a short period of time and it can rejuvenate your soul so that you can continue doing what you're doing. And if you don't do that, you're doing a disservice to yourself and yeah. the people that you're working, that, that you are in charge of or the yes. people around in your life. Is that true? Yes. And, you know, I encourage my, my clients to figure out what self-care activities feed what emptiness in your life. And here's what I mean by that. So many times, a lot of times as, as women, not all women, of course, but when we're feeling um, bad about ourselves or when we feeling like we need a, a quick pick me up, then maybe we'll go get our hair done or maybe we'll go get our nails done or maybe we'll go shopping. But here's the disconnect in that. You go do those things and you still don't feel any better. And the reason why is because we're connecting the wrong self-care to the emptiness. So what I need to figure out is 
which self-care practice refills the emptiness that I have. Meaning after I've had a long day at work, after I've done several speaking engagements, I'm mentally exhausted. So if I decide, oh, I'm going to go shopping because I'm mentally exhausted, that is the wrong self-care activity and it's not going to replenish me. What I need to know is that when I feel mentally drained, me sitting by myself in a quiet room for 15 minutes, that rejuvenates the, um, the, the mental drain that I have. So sitting alone in a quiet room, my family knows, leave me alone. I need to go be by myself because I'm mentally depleted. And the only thing that feels that mental depletion for me is to be alone and quiet for about 15 minutes. That could be in the tub with the lights dimmed, no music, just quiet. It could be by myself in a room. It could be taking a 15 minute nap. It just has to be me alone and quiet. That is what feels that particular emptiness. So it's important that we understand what activity feels what emptiness. And that is what I teach my clients so that you know what self-care practice really is caring for who you are and not just pulling them from the air. By the way, we're talking with Shelly Mache, and she's an author. She's a life coach. She is she empowers women to lead the lives that they were truly destined to lead. And um, and by the way, if you want to go to her website, you can do that. You can, can go to Shelly, and I'm going to spell the last name for you because. <laughs> And that's yes, Shelly E-Y because there's so many ways to spell Shelly. <laughs> yes, that's a Shelly E with the E-Y and then M-E-C-H-E-T-T-E dot com. Don't know why the E-T-T is there, but that's... <laughs> I told that's, you it's French. It's silent. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what Benny was telling me, but I'm... Yeah, so it's... Uh, see, and I would have I pronounced it Shelly Machete, but... Well, uh, that's what everyone says. Yeah. That's but what everyone says. They, they oh, and you know, oh, Shelly Machete. And I, I just laugh. I'm like, I go, I'll go for it. One lady, she was so apologetic. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's not a problem. Everyone pronounces it the same way. She goes, well, actually, you know, if we call you Shelly Machete, that just means, you know, you just slicing up things. You just making sure that you slicing and dicing. So I laugh now every time somebody says it because I think about her saying, you're Shelly Machete, just slicing up things. <laughs> It sounds like a professional wrestler. Um, and there's Shelly Machete. Machete. So, Come yeah. into the ring. <laughs> exactly. So you can go to uh, Shelly Mache with a E-T-T-E on the end dot com. And, yes. uh, or, and this interview is also going to be on uh, positivetalkradio.net. And uh, it'll be up there forever, so you can go there as well to to uh, get some get some some ways of living a little bit better. And and Shelly does a really good job of doing that. If you had, what is your number one thing you tell your clients when they come to you and say, Shelly, 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 my life is <laughs> out of control. I don't know what I'm going to do. Please help me. The first question that I ask every client is, tell me about yourself. <clears throat> And the reason why I ask that is because most of the time we are prone to tell about our titles because we connect title with self and title with who we are. So the first thing that happens is when women come to me and we sit down, very simple, hey, tell me about yourself. And they'll say, well, I'm a mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. And they go through the whole thing. 
And that's, and really, I, I usually say that's probably about 90% of the time, but really, I think it's 100% of the time that they, they start off that way. And I'll listen to them and, you know, and they smile and tell me about their family, what they do, all of these amazing things. And then I tell them, that was great. Now tell me about yourself. And I found that most of the women, they really get emotional because they have never realized that no one has actually asked them about themselves. Yeah. So we start there and we start with, that's the whole building of us finding out who you are, who you were created to be, the things that you love, your passion, and how to declutter those thoughts from who you are in a, in a realm of titles and who you are as a person. You know, one of my favorite authors other than you, of course, <laughs> is, is Neil Donald Walsh. And he says, and in one of his books, he said, we are not a human doing. We are a human being. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because you like... you should be being, I like that. Who, who is that being? Right. And if you are being, if, if, if you are always doing, 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 you don't ever have a chance to just be right. And, and that's what, that's what happens in the, in the treadmill of life. People get caught up in, you know, having a, a especially a single mom, having to make the money, having yes. to bring it home, having to cook the yes. dinner, having to clean the house, having to make sure the kids are still alive by the end of the day. Yeah. We like for them to still be breathing, you know, here and there, it makes a difference for the next day. <laughs> But it makes it really, it's, it's, it's a hard life. And it's, yes, it is. And most of my, a lot of my clients um, now are single moms. And I think so many of them are single moms because the, the frustration of, of life, not having that other, that other hand, some of them of course have family, but still at the end of the day, it's you putting all of this together and they feel like they've lost themselves. They feel like they, they don't have a plan. They feel like they're cluttered. They don't, they can't get clarity. They don't know who they are anymore. So a lot of my clients now are single moms. And that's another part of me that I absolutely adore because it's a part of me that I get to tap into. And these moms understand that I'm not just a, a coach telling you, you know, how to maneuver through this. I'm a coach who has walked in that life. I was that single parent. I am exactly, um, you are exactly where I was. Everything you're telling me and everything that I tell them, they're like, yes, yes. And I'm like, I know, girl, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you've been married for 20 years. And, yes. and, uh, and so, which is, which is just awesome. So, yes. And it's, it's, it's really is important that, that, that we that we find people in our lives that can support us and and take care of us and stuff and and they and by the way they do know what causes having kids so you, you can prevent that if you choose to if you really want to <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to and here you know you said something you said you know um that they definitely need support we all need support but here's the other thing that i like to teach my clients kevin we have to know what kind of support we need. We get upset when we don't get the support, but we're not clear about what type of support we need. And I don't need the same support, you know, every every month. 
this month, maybe I need support to look like this. In two years, I may need support to look like this. We have to become comfortable with the fact that when we when we need certain things, it's okay for that thing to change. We're, we, we've been put in this box like, this is the type of support that you get, you know, without us being able to have that flexibility to say, thank you, I appreciate the fact that that's the type of support you can give me, but that's just not the type of support that I need right now. It's not a bad thing either or. If I can't provide the type of support you need, let me know so I'm not wasting my time with you. If you don't need that, because maybe I can support you in a different way. Exactly. You know, let's stop making it, um, making it seem like it's wrong that I need support in this type of way and it can't come from you. That's okay. Maybe in three months, six months, I, I'll circle back around and say, are you still available to do this, this, this? Because I could really use support in that area right now. All right. I imagine that one of the things that you work with to teach is communication. Absolutely. And not just communication, but finding your voice to be able to communicate. As women, we have been taught so many times, you know, not to express ourselves or, you know, um, I hate the phrase when when certain men like to say, I want a woman who doesn't talk back. Am, am I a dog? You, what do you mean? <laughs> I have a mind. I have thoughts. There, there are things that I want to express. Just because you say something doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And so we've been taught this is the good woman who does what she's told. If you want children, you should have them. And that way you can bring them up in these different type of ways. But I am a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my own thoughts, my own mind. So a lot of times I, I'm helping women not just communicate, but understand what is your need. See, when women come and work with me, it's not just about finding the passion. It's about finding you, finding your voice, understanding how to communicate, understanding your boundaries, understanding how to declutter. And my single moms, understanding how to not cut your children with your brokenness. Absolutely. And you know, it's, in, it's, you, it's interesting that boundaries also is a major issue, isn't it? Major, major, even for myself. When I, um, when I was a single parent, I did a lot of work also in the church, but because, um, before I had my daughter, I was working in the church, but again, my season changed. And instead of me being able to cultivate my voice and say, Hey, my season has changed. <clears throat> I'm a single mother. Now I can't do certain things. I continue to take on things. I didn't want to say no. I didn't want to make it seem like I wasn't a team player or, or this or that. So I became a shell of who I was and I wasn't a good mother in the sense of being able to give the time that was needed to my daughter. And I remember coming home one day from being at church, being out in the middle of the week, doing something. And the next day, my daughter was completely exhausted. She had to be about maybe two at the time, maybe three, but she was exhausted and getting her up that next morning, you know, it was, it was a battle because she was so tired from Sunday to Wednesday. It was something to do. And that's really, you know, um, when I got the revelation and literally when, when God said to me, you have, you got to switch things, you know, this is always going to be there, but this season of this child's life isn't. And so you have to be able to work in the season that you're in. And that's why I'm so, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about women understanding their seasons too. You, you have a right to switch it up. 
the same way that life is different, you have the right to be different. And so with that revelation, I was able to begin cultivating my voice to say, I got to back this up. And if you don't find someone, unfortunately, that position will be empty because I got to (laughs) go. I have to be able to tend to this season in my life. Exactly. And if you can do that, then you can uh, have the balance that you need Mm -hmm. and you're not going to overtax yourself and you're not going to, and you're going to be, it's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for your kids. It's going to be better. Absolutely. Your, your, your whole environment will change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything about you, because here's the thing, when we're content, when we're happy, when we know who we are, when we're solid in the person that, that we've been created to be, then we become, we, we become those things to those around us as well. You get the best side of me when I am able to live in the best version of me. You know, one thing that you said earlier that, that just has struck me is that there are, there are lots and lots of women out there that people have not ever asked them. Why, you know, how are you? Yes. <clears throat> yes. And that's, and they're like, nobody ever asked me that before. Am I supposed right. to think about that? It's you know? such a simple question. And we're, we're so conditioned when we pass by people, we say, hi, hi, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Without even thinking. Yep. That's what we do. I'm good. How are you? I'm cool. How are you? But if we really stop and go, no, I had somebody do that to me one day. They was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, cool. How are you? And they literally stopped and said, so how are you doing? Are you really okay? And I was like, well, let me, hold on. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Am I okay? <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a friend that, that, uh, whenever I would say, how are you? He wouldn't answer me because he assumed that it was a perfunctory question that I was not really serious about asking him how he really was. Exactly. And, and, but that wasn't incorrect. I was asking him how he really was. And so, but he never gave, he would never give me an answer. So, uh, and so, but there's, but, but people don't really ask how, how we are. They say it, but they really don't want to know it, you know? And so again, subconsciously, what that says is my, my voice, my, my voice is silenced in this moment, con- um, conditionally and, and it's subconscious because That's what we do. So when we really find our voice and when we really find our support group that we know is our support group and we know the type of support that we need, maybe that's the type of support that you need. I need somebody to give me three three minutes, you know, so that I can tell them how I really am. Find that type of support. If there's one, if there's one sentence that I would, I would like for all of us to get rid of when you say, how are you today? And somebody says, oh, not too bad. Well, that tells, that, that t- tells me that you're not only not good, but we're now talking about the degree of badness that you are in. And that doesn't make any sense at all. So get, get rid of, oh, I'm not too bad. And, but Shelly, we've got about two minutes left and I want to give you a, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I want to give you a, about a minute to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. What I would like your audience to know is that you were created with purpose. You were created with destiny. You were created with a plan. And I really want that to soak into you. And I really want you to take two minutes to think about 
every single thing that you need, you were created with. And it is not a mistake. You have purpose. And then the next thing I want you guys to know is I would love to keep in contact with you. You can find me on my website, which Kevin told you how to spell my beautiful name. And, <laughs> and for ladies out there who are, are looking for their passion, their purpose, who they are, you're feeling lost and you really just want to be able to, to find where you belong again, please grab my freebie on my website. It's five powerful ways to discover your purpose. And you can get that at shellymache.com slash freebie. You were created to leave this world empty, not live this world empty. And I want to thank you, Shelly, for being here. It's awesome. We've had an awesome hour, and thank you. Thank and I want you. To thank everybody else, we're going to be here Wednesday at 4, so be kind to each other because, you know, each other's all we got. We'll see you then.